0: Are you a caregiver who's feeling a little bit overwhelmed? Does your own self-care tend to fall at the bottom of the priority list? Have you ever hidden in the bathroom just to get five minutes to yourself? If you're a caregiver who's ready to make self-care a priority, then this is the podcast episode for you. Welcome to the Sage Aging Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Craven. The mission of Sage Aging is to help you connect to information and resources that will empower you to master the aging and caregiving journey. Weekly, I'll bring you great conversations with industry professionals and others to shed some light on topics of aging and to empower you to take charge of your journey. So grab a cup of coffee, or maybe a cool glass of lemonade, And sit back and relax as we chat. Are you ready? Hit subscribe now and let's get started. Happy National Family Caregivers Month. If there was ever a group of people who deserve to be honored and celebrated, it's family caregivers. 53 million strong family caregivers provide close to $500 billion of unpaid care to their loved ones many times sacrificing their own ability to earn a paycheck. Becoming a family caregiver is life-changing, and while for many it brings with it a sense of purpose and meaning, it can also bring personal and financial stress, diminished physical and mental health, and loneliness. As a matter of fact, according to a recent report, Caregiving in the U.S. 2020, presented by the National Alliance for Caregiving and AARP, one in four family caregivers find it difficult to care for their own health, while 23% report caregiving has made their own health worse. I'll provide a link to this report in the show notes and the blog post, and I encourage you to take a look at it because, really, it was very eye-opening. There are lots of reasons for the alarming health decline of caregivers, but topping the list, in my opinion, is the lack of self-care practiced by caregivers. And that, my friends, is our topic today. My guest today is Dana Mercaldi. She's the Corporate Director of Sales for Marketing at Mainstay Senior Living and also has been a family caregiver herself. With a background in home care, Dana has seen the day-to-day challenges that family caregivers face. It's very possible, though, that Dana may have missed her calling as a stand-up comedian because for those of us who are lucky enough to call Dana friend, we are kept in stitches with her daily adventures through life. She has such a unique ability to embrace every single bit of it with grace and humor, and I'm really excited to share her with you today. For Dana's bio and contact points, check the show notes or in your favorite podcast app, or you can check the blog post for episode 31 at sageaging.us. Welcome to the show, Dana. Thanks for joining me to celebrate National Family Caregivers Month.
1: Thank you, Liz. I am so excited to be here and to connect with you and hopefully impart some great insight and ideas for the people that listen to your great resource.
0: Thank you. Well, you know, before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, it's interesting. um, Liz asked me at the beginning of our conversation today if I have ever been a family caregiver, and I am one currently. So I was born and raised here in Lakeland, Florida, where the podcast takes place and where my company is headquartered. So I'm a, a lifelong native Lakelander, as well as several generations before me. So I have lots of family members close by. So in addition to having a career and enjoying what I've done with seniors, my entire 30 year span of experience, I've had the opportunity to have family members age and require caregiving um, throughout their journey, as well as be support to other family members that live here locally. So I have a local family live here in Lakeland. And um, this is a great topic for me being um, having that I've had history in caregiving, current history in caregiving, and also exercising the crucial element of self-care.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, caregivers are a unique breed, aren't we? I, I count myself among them, even though my caregiving experiences have been in the past, My father-in-law was the last recipient of our care, and he passed last year, so it's been just over a year. But over the last about 12 to 14 years, my husband Wes and I have been very involved in caregiving with our parents. And I just know what the day-to-day is like. I know how important it is to take care of yourself. And along the way, you know, thankfully, I can say I learned from my experiences because the first caregiving round, we didn't do very good self-care. <laughs> Got a little bit better the second time around. And by the third time, we understood how important that was and did a pretty good job of that. How about you? How has that been for you and your caregiving
1: journey? I agree. Um, I just feel like I, when you neglect self-care it comes on you in fourfold. You have to find the small and the large aspects of self-care that pour back into yourself as, as small as, like you mentioned, um, humor. So I find a great relief in writing humor and, and engaging with people in a way that brings lightness to a conversation all the way from a small hour or monthly massage into something bigger, like developing a new hobby or practice that gives you peace or respite Um, could be even something physical and sometimes both. Maybe it's emotional, mental and physical relief and release. So I think it's so important.
0: Well, you obviously understand the importance of it personally, and I'm curious, you've had so much interaction with families over the years in your career Do you think you can tell a difference in the caregivers that do practice self-care and those that don't?
1: Absolutely. When we have families that approach us that are in a time of crisis or they're in a time of complete exhaustion, we know that they have not had the time or the means or the respite to take care of themselves, even as the simplest aspect of life, which would be continuous sleep, a good eight hours of rest or less. So just that alone of having sleep and rest is so underrated. There's a lot of health writing that attributes to things that shorter lifespans because of it. But when we do approach and see family members that come to us in that regard, this is the reason why they are finally coming to see us to have a resource and have run out of all their other ideas or their other mechanisms that they've been using to try to piece together a life for one or two people for some time. Conversely, when we have family members that come to us that have already built in um, self-care aspects to their day and their evening, for instance, having other family members come in while they take a short visit to the grocery store, or they've taken time to meet up with someone for lunch or go to a support group, or even come and use respite services to have short vacations. There's definitely a difference in what those conversations look like between the two different sets of people that we encounter.
0: I'm sure that there is. You know, it's funny. I was, I, frequent a lot of caregiver groups, both on Facebook and Reddit and a few other places around the internet. And as I was thinking about this topic today, I came across this post from a lady and she was just incensed. You know, Her her husband had said to her something to the effect of, how come you never return the phone calls when people call? And so she spent the next several minutes just laying out for him what the day of a caregiver looks like and it was just she was so frustrated and so at the end of her rope because he didn't understand that while he was resting peacefully and that while he was waiting in the chair for his meal and all of the things that she did for that for him and for all of the rest of the family that she just didn't even have five minutes to herself and another lady within that post responded that when she goes to the bathroom she sits on the toilet for an extra five minutes minutes just to get a few minutes alone. And I could totally relate to that. I think we've all done that. And uh, sometimes this topic, because of that, makes caregivers even a little bit angry when you bring it up, because number one, they don't see a way to find the time in their schedule to take care of themselves. But if they do, then they start to have feelings of guilt, because that time that they're using for themselves, they feel selfish like they should be spending it on the person that
1: they're caring for. Absolutely and as you're talking I'm thinking remember back to when we had small children the mm-hmm. the burden doesn't change it just continues on through life path but I remember that as a young mother and then I see it now in the families that we assist and in and in my own loved ones as well so it doesn't change and the overwhelming part of it is that if you do have the 5 minutes that's really the last thing you think you can encounter is picking up the phone to connect with someone because it it almost feels like it's robbing them of a precious mineral of time. Mm -hmm.
0: That is so true. Mm -hmm. Last week we actually started a discussion about self-care and I spoke with uh Sherry-Anna Boyle, who authored a book called Emotional Detox. And we talked about how in 10 to 15 minutes a day, you can create a more balanced mental state using self-care and meditation and mantras and really just confronting what are these feelings that I'm feeling, but you know, self-care looks different for everyone. So some people, I think, probably got an awful lot out of that conversation and can move that forward. But not everybody is going to relate to that type of meditation practice and self-care to them might look like taking a walk or maybe it's reading a book or a bubble bath or simply just being in the house alone. (laughs) So what does self-care mean to you?
1: So uh, the biggest aspect of self-care to me that has been something that I've practiced throughout my life at different age ranges has kind of come anew. And I've always been an avid bike rider. And I'm not talking about the speed bikes where you wear the helmets and you clip (laughs) your shoes in and you have a little tiny waist. I'm talking about (laughs) the comfort bike. And I've always had a beach cruiser, and I think, even since I was a teenager. But that has translated differently as I've aged. And just recently, I've gone to a pedal assist bike. So I still pedal. I'm not eating cheesecake while I'm riding it. There's still <laughs> movement. <laughs> it just gives me some support and some help as I'm going through the hills. Because I, as you know, I live on some elevation. And, and I'm talking like it's the bottom of the Appalachian Mountains. But it's enough <laughs> <laughs> to make me miss my miss what biking used to give me when I was more able-bodied now that I'm older and I have that fun, you know, sidekick of arthritis. This, um, little bit of a help has really given me my freedom back. And, um, that is just something I've really enjoyed as of late more so than I have in the last few years, just making that slight adjustment.
0: So what brought you to biking? Is that something that you always enjoyed or is that a new hobby for you?
1: Um, I enjoyed it. When I was eight years old, I borrowed my neighbor's bike, and it was a banana seat bike with the big handlebars, as some of you can remember those from the 70s. Yeah, I had one. Right? And (laughs) I ran away from home. So (laughs) that was my first biking experience. And the spanking that I got afterwards was my second experience. Um, and, and it was very, it was very short. I just went around the block and, you know, a, a neighbor ratted me out and, and then I came back home. <laughs> so That's I've crazy. had a bike ever since then, <laughs> ever since then, I know I re, um, kind of rejuvenated in my teenage years. My best friend and I both got matching beach cruisers and matching Toyota Tercels. And we thought we were the jam. Oh man. <laughs> so we got then, and then in my forties when I was, um, Actually, when I was marketing and farming my neighborhood, when I was also in real estate, I used that as getting to know my neighbors better and exercise and used it as part of my farming. And then just recently I got fatter and older and more arthritic and I got the pedal assist, which I love.
0: I'm going to try one of those someday. For me, I have taken to indoor bicycling. Mm. I got one of those fun and fancy Peloton bikes, and that is my daily. Oh, and is. yes, I know I drank the Kool-Aid big time. But, you know, I'm in this t- in this weird time that we find ourselves in with COVID everywhere. I decided I just didn't want to make it to the gym and, and mix my... You know, my breathing with everybody else's. I didn't want to take home what they had to offer. So I decided to build myself a little home gym and that's where I landed. But it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm able to control those hills. So when those hills get too hard, I can always just turn the dial and make them go away.
1: (laughs) So is Allie Love your favorite coach on Peloton or do you have another one?
0: Oh, gosh, she's one of them. I love her. (laughs) Now, you know, I've got my my little list of different rides that I like to do for certain purposes. So if I really want to learn something, that's probably going to be Matt Wilpers. He's incredible. Mm. Power zone rides and good endurance stuff. But if I want to laugh my butt off and get a really hard workout at the same time, it's Cody Rigsby. Um, boo crew all the way. He's he's really hilarious. But um, there are so many good coaches on there, and it's not just biking. It's everything from um, strength classes and yoga and meditation and cardio and biking. It's all of it. So it's a pretty incredible app. It's something that's not very expensive. The app itself, I want to say, if you don't have a bike, is something like 12 or $13 a month. So it's a very accessible thing, which would make it a very accessible thing to caregivers who are looking for a way to get more active in their own home without the stress and pressure of being in in an environment that would possibly leave you open to bringing a germ back to somebody that you care about. And that is the whole reason that I began my home gym journey as opposed to going out to a gym, because I want to protect the people that I interact with who also interact with a lot of seniors on a daily basis. So, you know, that's kind of where I went with it. But exercise is a very good self-care item, and it doesn't have to take a long time. Some days I work out for 10 or 15 minutes and do a quick meditation or a really quick little, you know, hand weight or can of soup. Arms mm-hmm. workout. Um, other days, I might work out for an hour and a half. It just depends on what I'm feeling that
1: day. Well, when they have a, a downhill version that you stop three times to eat a cupcake, let me know and I'll jump right on that after <laughs> you. Okay,
0: <laughs> you got it. I am down for a cupcake. <laughs> me
1: too.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, what are the other? What are some other things that you really enjoy doing for self care besides your biking?
1: So I, you know, now that you mention how you started to do the indoor bike to keep germs down, you're, you're right. And that's what brought me back to biking actually was the quarantine because I'm, you know, I, you can't see it on podcasts, but I'm a curvy girl. So the gym hasn't ever really been my thing (laughs) again, because of the no cupcake situation there. And, um, but I do enjoy restorative yoga, and that is great for someone of any age. And there's plenty of you know, um, studios locally and, of course, around the country. But that is a great resource because they focus on stretching and meditation. And it's slower. They are um, offering positions that are very simple to get in. They are longer lasting. It's more a stretch. It's more of restorative and a rest position. So, that is something I love. And since we're talking about germs and keeping people safe, most yoga studios also offer a, a version where you do it. You have a live stream that you do in the safety and the privacy of your own home, which also is really convenient because it's something that you could probably record or have downloaded. And if the person um, is a caregiver and their loved one is taking a nap or has gone out for a doctor's appointment, that's a great time to offer yourself something like that. So I love and really recommend a restorative yoga session or two.
0: I really love that you brought that up because actually one of the next episodes coming for um, celebration of national family caregiver month is one about yoga. And uh, the person that I'll be interviewing does have online streaming resources for people who would like to take advantage of that at home. Um, So that's going to be a great episode. We'll talk about more than yoga, but that is coming. So for those of you who have interest in that, that'll be a good episode. You'll want to keep an eye open for that in the next couple of weeks. So good. I think that yoga is great too. I, I actually went online and ordered myself a great bolster and, and I do practice yoga here in my home. And my favorite is the restorative yoga because you're right, the stretching and the breathing and just kind of helping you to come back to center for a few minutes is a really good thing.
1: I love that. And I noticed at the beginning of my you know, sporadic practice was it also really helped me focus and not that I'm not already a positive person, but it made, it makes me and it made me feel the kindness and the lightness that there was still in the world. And I love sessions that start off with, you know, give this, give the intention to this practice or dedicate this practice to someone. And sometimes it stops me in my tracks because it's not someone who often readily comes to mind in my usual day to day. And there there are really surprising things about yoga that come up that um, I wasn't expecting and I'm always delighted in. And boy, you know, mm-hmm. not an undervalued practice for sure.
0: I agree with that. I took up yoga a couple of years ago, and I also am not one who practices every day or even on any kind of schedule. But when I get back to it, I always ask myself, why have I not been doing this on a regular basis? Because it really does feed you in a lot of ways that you can't be fed in your normal day to day.
1: Same. And at last, it's more than just the session, which is what caregivers need to. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So I want to hear so you you are some, one of the best storytellers that I've ever known. And whether it's in person or reading something you've written, you have such an uncanny ability to just entertain and to make everything seem larger than life. So tell me about one of your favorite it can be a favorite. Life story, family story, caregiving story, even Bell's
1: shopping story,
0: whatever it is that you feel like you want to tell us.
1: So I guess one that just sprung to mind that I could actually tell where people could hear it was I remember when Spanx first came out and I was going to buy some sort of a dress for, it was a special event. And I was gonna try and corral all this into a piece of elastic. So I got my Spanx that I picked <laughs> out from the rack. I got my dress that was about two sizes too small in the belly. And I went to which Macy's, which is now not really a Macy's in our town. Um, and I went to Macy's dressing room and they had the louver doors. So I'm the kind of person that camouflages the louver doors. I'll stick a bunch of other hanging. Clothes in the louvers because I don't want anybody to see all of this. So I've got it all camouflaged heavy with clothes. And I heard through the store, I think I was there like on a Monday afternoon and just enjoying, you know, living my best life. And I heard a group going through the store. I could tell that there were interns, there were students of some sort in fashion design. So they were going through different departments and they had long passed where I was. So I go into the dressing room and I get it all, you know, tucked in. So i got it all strapped up. I got the dress on and I realized that there was something crawling in the dress with me. So I <gasps> jerked it off. I jerked the dress off and the spanks were still on, but I fell. Well, I didn't fall. I lost my balance and I pushed the door open and all of the students were right in front of me. My spanks rolled down as if they were a mini blind. And my jelly belly, all of my bits and pieces were all snapped up in this spanx, and I could not get up. And I had the most <laughs> grotesque looking tennis shoes on. So I'm encapsulated in spandex. All of my jellies are out. I got the worst looking tennis shoes on and I could not get up. And these students came to get me up.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: So when I pulled off the spanx, it was not in a shape to go back on the rack. <laughs> I paid for it, and then I left and I don't think that I ever went back to that department ever again. Oh my gosh, Dean and you know that it was recorded
0: It had to be somewhere in those security cameras you
1: know that they oh use it goodness. for training. you know that they they took it and they used it for training of you know how not to build a dressing room door.
0: Oh my goodness! Thank you for sharing that. That's great. You're and welcome. these These are the adventures of Dana. <laughs> you really should write a book or something uh, maybe maybe even a YouTube channel would be appropriate for all of your stories because they all they all leave me in stitches. Thank, Thank you for you. sharing that.: You're welcome. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, before we leave. Do you have any final words of wisdom or sage advice for folks who are listening?
1: I do. I would say the things that you've been thinking about doing and you put on your vision boards every year that you're going to do to give yourself a gift to do for others, do it now. Make the plans when you listen to this podcast and you're jotting down notes, write three things down that you want for yourself just for the end of this year and the beginning of next year Make the appointments if you have to get a membership or go visit a place or sign up for something or put those shoes on that you haven't put on in a long time to go walk. Don't wait another day because time is so short.
0: What good advice. And you know, that applies to anybody regardless of their age or stage in life. That's something that we all need to focus on, especially now. We've, We've had a rough year. And it's been a year that has forced all of us to get outside of our comfort zones and to confront feelings of stress and fear and all kinds of things that we haven't had to encounter in this magnitude in a very long time. So turn that around and make sure that you take care of yourself. I love that advice. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening And thank you for enjoying this conversation with us. I always enjoy my conversations with Dana and I hope you did as well. And I hope what your takeaway was, was that it's okay to sit still for a few minutes and take a few minutes for yourself, release the seriousness of the day and the situation that you are confronted with, because that's not going away. It's going to be there and you need to find a way to be able to take care of yourself in the midst of it. Self-care is not selfish. And that's something if you've ever listened to my podcast before, you've heard me say that self-care is not selfish. And I say that because I mean it. If you don't take good care of yourself, then you can't take care of the person that you love and you know that you want to provide the best that you can for them. So taking care of yourself moves from the bottom of the priority list all the way to the top. Thanks for joining us, Dana. I appreciate you so much.
1: You too, Liz. It was a real joy for me.
0: And for those of you who are listening, if you would like to contact Dana or learn more about her, I'll put her bio and her contact points in the show notes, or you can find that in the blog post for episode 31 at sageaging.us. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe, follow, or leave us a review. And more importantly, share the podcast with a friend. If you have topics you'd like for me to share or guests you'd like for me to invite to the show, drop me a line at info at sageaging.us. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk real soon.